Welcome to the Business Legends Podcast, where we interview business leaders and entrepreneurs so that our listeners can learn from their successes, pump up their own inspiration, and learn the motives behind the people that make change happen. I'm the host of the show, Reese Arlen, along with my co-host, Christian Webb. Say something. Are you ever not going to read that? Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. We changed the intro like five episodes ago, and I did 45 without You're it. You're doing so. great, man. You're doing great. Thank you so much. We are accompanied by Chris Dennis with eFix Everything, eFix Management Corp, eFix Housing Solutions, eFix Taking Over the Earth. Chris, thank you for joining us this morning. Look, I'm so excited to be here, and I'm so excited all the energy that's in the room today. So Yeah, yeah. Before the show, we were talking about how... So the way that Christian gets me going before a podcast, he says something just to like irritate me a little bit, just so that I start moving a little faster. And that's kind of like the coffee activation ceremony, you know, like I have to, I have to do a little bit. But enough about us. Tell us all about the eFix enterprise at this point. Man, where do I start? Um, I'll tell you, I, I'll, I'll say this. Um, the key thing of how eFix um, housing came apart and migrated over into the commercial side with eFix Development Corp um, was I was sitting in a cubicle at Bank of America. I was a senior, I was senior exec for 13 years at Bank of America. And I was in a cubicle one day, and I realized where dreams start. Anyway, <laughs> hey, look, that's my logo. Think big, yeah. think big, big, big. Hey, you don't look a day over thirty. How are you already? Executive? Yeah, what are you wow. talking about? How old are you? Look, I started early, man. I started early. Um, yeah. Came from a little small town, uh, migrated into technology, got to Bank of America, met a great guy in the alleyway, and he hired me. Um, <laughs> wow. At, at eight years old. At, look. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm at the bank, and I'm sitting there, and something happened, and I, we. I'm running, I'm running the technology for the trading floor. And um, one day, all of my partners from, from out of town came to Charlotte. And they were all coming down. And on the way to Charlotte, they, there was an accident on 85. They got off the, out of the airport. And the taxi driver was driving them up 85, came down Graham Street, and turned through a little neighborhood. And the taxi driver told them, I said, you know, you think crime in those places are bad, but this neighborhood was labeled as a top 25 most dangerous neighborhood living in America. Wow. So you need to lock your doors and slide into the middle of the seats. These guys from New York, Chicago, and Atlanta, and they all did it. So they get to the office, and we're at the office, and I'm drawing on a chalkboard, getting ready for the meeting. And one of the guys turns, and as the icebreaker, starts telling the story about sliding the seats and locking the doors. And he says, so Chris, where do you live? And I thought for a second. Lockwood, that's the neighborhood I live in. They're talking about. Wow, no. Let that sink in. I'm telling my my entire team has come to Charlotte and they're sitting here and we're talking about the top most the top twenty five most dangerous neighborhood, which is the neighborhood I live in, and now I'm leading this this meeting and I've got to tell the truth. Yeah. I think any great business starts off when with a, a mission of your why and then also overcoming the truth that you live in and that you have to narrate. Because for me, that room that I was sitting in was ninety eight percent Caucasian and 1% Afro-American. The neighborhood they were talking about was 98% Afro-American or 1%, well, 98% Afro-American and about 2% other. And when I looked at that neighborhood, I knew that day I had to tell the truth, but also I had to make an impact. And within a year or so, I left the bank and it wasn't because of money. I was, Bank of America was treating me well. Um, But after going to Queens and getting my MBA, I realized what I valued the most was making an impact. And it started off by rebuilding communities. And that was my slogan. I wanted to go in and build dreams by rebuilding communities. And so that's how I got into eFix housing. That, that's so incredible. So uh, not not that I want, want to make you relive such an experience, but I feel like it's important for everybody to kind of feel what you felt in that in that moment. And I'm not I'm not your therapist. I'm not gonna say, how did that make you feel? You know, but so you know, you're you're in this room and 
and what was the what was the climate of the room like? You say I'm from Lockwood. I, I live in Lockwood right now, you know, and even though I work at Bank of America, like what what was what was that room like? I mean, was was it a hushed whisper or was it a like what what was that like? Because I, I think it's very important to become what you are. I think that so to describe the room, it was it was all a cheery feeling. It was a great conversation. When you walk in any business, you know, you're bringing people together from um, and we're talking technology. It's the icebreaker. How do we get to know each other and how do we kind of build that 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 cohesiveness mm-hmm. um, in the, in the, in the on start. So the icebreaker is always important. We're talking about golf. We're talking about hey, what did you do last night? But that conversation created the elephant in the room. Yeah. And you know, for me. I was living it because I saw the reality of the community at the time. Mm-hmm. I woke up to it. I had just left it an hour later, and the community wasn't bad. It was just crime, and people had stopped. Um, the 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 characteristic of what we call community had changed to a mindset of the hood. I tell people community is a way of life. Hood is, hood is a state of mind, and we've got to change that state of mind and build that way of life. So I was waking up to a state of mind that people said was the hood, in that room when they said that you know for me it was a flashback moment and I had to make a big choice it was do I tell my colleagues the guy who's about to lead this meeting that I came from that neighborhood that they just saw that they considered to be a dangerous situation or do I tell the truth that you know I live there now I got to go back and change that so the the, the that room went through a, a hush phase it was real got real quiet for a second and yeah. and it was a it was a reality moment for me but I think I gained the respect of my, my teammates because I told the truth. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, that's a hard truth to tell when you're when you're sitting in that room. You know, um, this this would make a great movie, by the way. <laughs> hey, look, that's next. That's Martingly, coming. we see you. We see you over there. Anyway, <laughs> that's coming. That's coming. Yeah, man. Gosh, it's just incredible. Um, I, I feel like when you're when you're personally impacted by something, um, it it becomes it becomes a lot more real to you. You know, because you know that there's neighborhoods that are not so nice in, in the United States. But, you know, when, when they're using that as kind of the example for you, I'm sure that kind of opened your eyes like, I got to do something about this. Um, What's well, so, actually funny, most people would have said, I need to move. Well, yeah. yeah and that's instead, probably, that's probably you were I like, said. I'm just going to change the whole community and make it nice. Yeah. I th- uh, so I, I think you believe, and something we were discussing before this, though, is that you obviously believe in people. Because, you know, if, if you have this crime-ridden area, you must you must believe in your heart that people people aren't trying to do bad stuff and be bad people and stuff. It's just it's just that maybe that's the way that the way they get by or whatever. Um, so so how do you Christians the type of person that will will talk about things from a grand scheme. You went from here to there, amazing, right? But I want to talk about some of the steps. Okay, yeah. so you go home, Lockwood, and and you say, all right, I got to do something about this. What what was your next step? Like how did you how did you get to the next piece? Well, I'll tell you. The, the, before I go there, the mindset was part part of it. Because again, I'm I'm a 22 years retired veteran military, mm-hmm. so I had learned tactics. How you, what? How are you? He's like 72, and he's just, how are how old are you? What? Well, I I'm I'm, I'm a little bit over 40, but okay. um, I went in the guard, so I did the guard. So yeah. I was able to go in the guard. Um, again, my story is a little bit different, and I want to talk about the mindset because I was born with a, I was born mentally. Um, they, they labeled me as being mentally retarded. Wow. So they put me in resource classes for seven years of my life and told me that I, I would never learn learn like the average kid. So for me, I've always looked at people to try and figure out um, the glass is always full. So I'm always looking for the opportunity, the goodness in people. So when it comes to community, I'm always looking for the positive sides. I, I try and never see the negative. And so when you looked at um, 
when you ask that question, the mindset and how you morphed into it, when I went back to that community, two things happened. One was I walked through that community and I realized the problems. And it's the problems that we see in businesses and communities. That community wasn't a bad community. It had just lost financial, social, and um, family disconnects. Now, you take those three things in a business or in anyone's life. You disconnect you from your friends. What happens? You fall apart. Yeah. Financially, you don't you you take away the financial concept, um, your ability to have access to finances, you fall apart. And then the most key thing is social aspects, being able to interlock, inter interchange, and interlock with people. When those three things fall apart, communities fall uh, fall apart. And I never forget, I went to the HOA meeting, and we were sitting there, and the HOA meeting was like four people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was I was the fourth. Right, but it was three old ladies, and they were passionate about community. They showed up, and they were telling a story about how bad the crime was, and their solution was to go in and bolt the windows down on all the houses. And and so I and I was like, wait a minute. So if you're seems like the wrong message, you yeah, know. These three old ladies, if you go inside the house and bolt your windows down, if the house caught caught on fire, how are you gonna get out? Right. And I said, wait a minute. This is not the community I grew up in. I grew up in a in South Carolina in a, a unique community. We didn't have a whole lot. We were poor, 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 but not poor minded. Mm -hmm. And um, but we had a sense of a pride. And there's no way you're gonna tell me that your solution is to boat the windows down. We've got to do something. So when I walked out of that, that meeting, my life changed because I knew that just like anything, you you either gonna talk about a solution or you're gonna be a part of that solution. And I wanted to be a part of it. So. I had to be creative, and mm -hmm. so I found a, I found out all the stakeholders and people that wanted to be a part of that community, and I said, let's do one thing. Let's change the narrative. We've got to focus on changing the narrative, and not tomorrow, but now. And so we did something that was that was off the wall. Again, if you want to change anything, you've got to interject something that's different. Mm -hmm. I was talking about it earlier, and mm -hmm. we found our connection. Which is wild. <laughs> um, Isn't that amazing, though? Like, I, I can't mm -hmm. tell you how many times we've been sitting across from people on this show, this cast, or at a business meeting or whatever. It's like, dude, you look familiar. And then, sure enough, I mean, it, it's been it's been all sorts of things, whether it was business or work or anything. But anyway, please continue. I just think it's amazing. <laughs> no, yeah. No, that's powerful. Six degrees separation. I mean, yep. I, I love to read. And um, so we did something that was different. The article that just came out, Charlotte Observer, um, again, the top 25 most dangerous neighborhood to live in America was Lockwood. It's, it's still there. Mm -hmm. The article is still out there. And um, I said, we, what, what can we do now to change this narrative? And I believe in God and talks to me in dreams. And I said, let's do a 5K, but let's do something different. Mm -hmm. The community was 98% Afro-American, 1% Caucasian, well, 2% Caucasian. And so what, what I did was, hey, let's, just, let's go to the music factory. We had just popped, just said open up. And let's do a 5K, but let's do something different. Let's do a 5K rock and run, a rock band concert in the middle of a, a marginalized community. Everybody said, hands down, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. We just came out of 2008, which was a recession. There's no way. We're mm -hmm. not going to fund it. The first year, we had, over, we had a little bit over 500 runners in that race. And I think it runners. was a great start for mm -hmm. the race. And yep. it was a huge win. And we ran through that neighborhood. And I asked them one question on... WSOTV, I said, what do you guys think about the race? We love the route. We love the race. Thank you. You just ran through what they labeled as the top 25 most dangerous neighborhood, and you just changed the narrative. So now we can become a community. And that was the start of the change of that community. Mm -hmm. 
Hmm. It, it's incredible how, how something like that, you know, you're talking about, about uh, racial relations and things like that. And I think that, you know, the media spins a different narrative with, with the relationships between races and cultures for that, for that point. But um, I, I think that, you know, as people, we have to, well, the thing that I've always said is that we're so much more alike than we are different. Yeah. You know, our, our blood is red. You know, I mean, on, on the inside, we're 98% of the same. The color of our skin is a little different, but, you know, that's just that's just the way that we were born. We didn't have yeah. a choice in that, you know. And then you bring something like this that everybody can enjoy. Everybody likes rock and roll, man. I mean, yes. that's, just, that's, just, that's just a fact of life. And you bring it to a community where, you know, I'm sure... There's there's people in all walks of life that that are on that run. There's people that can barely afford the entry fee for the run. There's people that that can you know pay everybody's type of thing and not and not have a bead of sweat on their on their brow, you know. Um, but the thing that, that you've said that I find particularly impactful is that you have to change the narrative and do something outside of the box, something that's unique. And I, and I think that's. I think that was a part of the magic of it because Christian and I both both knew that before uh, before we knew you, I guess you could say. But um, you know, we you you have to do something unique that kind of that that kind of showcases that. And I'm sure as some of these people are running through this area, they might think we got to do something about about fixing this up and changing it and making it a little better. And and lo and behold, that's exactly what's happened in that area. You know, that was the concept. It was how do I get people that have never been to because. We label things before we even know it. Mm -hmm. You know, I've you've never been to this area, but yet you say it's a bad area. Right. So what happened was I wanted people that had never been to the area to come experience the area and see, hey, it's not as bad as they say it is, mm -hmm. and you could be a part of that change. Yep. And so the people that ran through the neighborhood saw the value of the neighborhood they were running in, but the people in the neighborhood saw the value of that neighborhood as well, and they appreciated what they had. Mm -hmm. And then um, the, the young guy who became my vice president was a Caucasian. Mm -hmm. And he we we partnered and we built the, 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 the fabric of diversity for that community. And you drive through it today, it's a diverse community that's growing, that's now in I think 2010 was labeled as the fastest gentrifying neighborhood in America. Wow. By value, not by displacement. Mm -hmm. By value, I wanna be clear, not by value, not by displacement. So we had done something that I think was iconic and that became a template and a model that people can look at and say it works. Yep. And it was built off diversity of two people from two different backgrounds coming together, culminating stakeholders, and rebuilding the fabric of, of a community. And that's how we launched, I launched out with eFix Housing Solutions. Wow. That's such an incredible story. So uh, Christian's the idea man, um, so I, know, I already know where he wants to go with this conversation, but... Um, what what do you think for the future? Lockwood's well on its way. Um, do you do you have a community? And you don't have to tell us on air or anything. But um, do you have a community in mind for where you want to impact next? And uh, and what's your ideas? I mean, I want to I want to know what the I want the inside scoop. What kind of um, thing you want to develop for that? Well, you can it, keep it secret. It's already happening. It's, it's yeah. fine. I, we so and people said you know we eFix Housing started in Lockwood. Um, mm -hmm. We um, got into um, buying and renovating homes um we're not that we never said we want to flip houses that's not our model mm -hmm. how do we go and we stabilize communities was our mission and it was started off the, off of one core value i would never put someone in a house that my grandma would live in and lord i love my grandma <laughs> so, that's perfect that's so perfect that was that was my slogan and yep. you asked me what was the tagline for our company that was it and i, I told people you know i would I, you're not going to move into a house that my grandma wouldn't live in and 
we wanted to make sure that when you walk into the house, you had a home. Mm-hmm. Now, the community at the point at that time wasn't what, it want, what we wanted it to be, but together we could work and change the community. So what I did was I, I partnered with all of our tenants, and um, we call them family members. And um, what we did was we said, a part of you getting a, a high, high renovated home was that we give you a quality renovated home at a low rate, rental rate, but you had to actually become part of the HOA, the mm-hmm. Neighborhood Association. And that basically tied them to the community, and it kind of, it, it, it worked, it just worked. So now the, the Neighborhood Association meetings, they were all there, they were there's all There's more about, than four people now. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more than four people. Yeah. And so um, what we did next was, and so now today, we're now branching out to the west side. So we're doing a lot of stuff on Bayes Road Road. And um, so I, I, our company grew. Um, a little bit over 100 homes. I tell people now that, you know, it's funny that um, if we, all of our homes are less than a mile and a half from each other. So mm-hmm. you could reach all of our homes on a high power motor scooter on a half battery life. Yeah. You can get to every home that we own. And that's unique because it's part of my strategic model, mm-hmm. but it, it benefited because now we're able to stabilize and grow communities. And um, we're now doing a lot of work on the west side, west end, uh, western to Charlotte. And that's how I got into commercial by going over to the West End and having God give me another dream and saying, hey, look, I want, I want to get in commercial. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, when, when, when you ask God for something, um, Habakkuk 2 and 2 and James 4 and 2, you have not because you ask not. And you start to realize I asked God to get in commercial and he brought me two commercial buildings. And now those two buildings are now changing the, um, the scape of the West End corridor. And so... Now I spend more time now doing EFIX Development Corp, which is our commercial arm. So we wow. still do the management of our residential um, component, but we're now focused a lot more on the commercial side. And again, God gave me a blessing, but he said that the blessing is not for you, it's what I do through you. Wow, that's that's incredible. Um, how, what, what do I even say after that? <laughs> you're, you're making me speechless over here. Um, it So when, when you're talking about the nuts and bolts of things. You know, it's one thing to have a dream. Um, and in our company, Christian's the dreamer. He's His head, we, we like to say it like this, Christian's head's always up in the sky and I'm always firmly planted on earth, reaching up and trying to grab him down to make sure that he's that he's still around type I of like thing. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and Christian have a lot in common, believe me. Um, what? So when it comes to organizing people, getting them together, let's let's take the, the run and um, the music factory, for instance. You know, you knew what you wanted to do, what what were your steps in, in order to execute that? Like, did did you have a strategy involved with that, or what can you tell people that are that are looking to get involved and do things like this? The first thing I tell people, and I, I teach my mentees, I do I, I do a lot of inspirational. I'm an inspirational speaker, so I, I like to motivate people, but I like to inspire you more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell people the first thing is you got to have a great why. Mm-hmm. Develop that why. Know who you are and why you're doing it. My commitment wasn't just do a 5K. It was about rebuilding a community. Mm-hmm. So. Even if the, if the 5K didn't do well, my goal was I want to rebuild this community. Mm-hmm. But when it when it works, you got a culmination of a great thing. So your why has to be great. Second, you got to have passion. People don't invest in you because they like you. They invest because they see the passion in you. Um, and so I'm very passionate about what I do. And I, I went. I talked to everyone. I was telling everybody, we're gonna do a 5K. And they all told me no. So mm-hmm. I, I I went to my, I went to B of A, and we're not gonna sponsor. We're not going to sponsor. Okay, I'll sponsor. Mm-hmm. We'll make it happen. So you got to be passionate about it. And then third is the most important thing is building the right team. If you don't do anything else, you got to get 
you you got to focus on how do I build the right team to, to make sure that we're going to execute. You got to have that why component. You got to have the compassion because if you don't have those two pieces, that team's not going to they're going to jive. They may they may come and be a part of something, but when the work gets hard and you don't have a why and a passion, it kind of fizzles out. And that's mm-hmm. the same I tell people when I build my businesses, my businesses, I really focus on my why, my passion, and then my team. And I value my team. I had a great team. Um, hired a marketing company, um, the, the main event, and we got together. And I think at, at the beginning, they didn't. They they, um, they believed in the mission of the community piece, but they didn't see the five K piece. Right. And and in a few conversations of of, of selling. I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I really get it. And that was them seeing my why and my passion. And then it went from that to going to sponsors and groups and saying, guys, I know you may not get this piece, but how do we drive this community to make sure it's a community everyone wants to live, work, and play in? And we can make this happen. Um, and after a while, people got the vision. Mm-hmm. And when I said the, the, the rock, we're going to spend two months touring rock band concerts to find the right artists that could come in and really bring energy because I didn't want a 5k that people were just going to come and, and run. No, I wanted you to come and rock out. I mm-hmm. wanted the, I wanted the, the, the amplifiers. I wanted the high pitch. I wanted everything because we needed something that was going to invoke change um, in, the, in what yeah, we were doing. He was, uh, he was forced to tour rock band concerts. Yeah, you were forced to. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I have pictures. I loved it. Yeah. Loved yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> it's uh. Christian and I, um, we had a, <laughs> it just reminds me of a, of a silly story of ours, but um, we were we were at a business meeting and um, you know a, after the fact we were we were having a drink and and we were on a rooftop in Charlotte you know and we see this this gorgeous sun, sunset and everything and uh, and Christian looks over at me and he says he says you know we just we just had to do this for our business <laughs> and I said I said you know what life ain't so bad man life ain't so bad. Um, so uh, we're we're about to have to sign off here, um, but before we do, um, you know, I, I I like to I like to speak not only about who you are and what you've done and things like that, but I like to speak sort of to the person that's sitting at home and they they want to invoke change or they want to do something like what you've done, um, and I believe that success leaves clues. So, um, is there anything that you that you'd say to somebody that's that's wanting to kind of take the steps to do what you have done? Like what advice or inspiration, motivation, would you give them? I'd say first, um, again, I, I, I don't uh, push religion, but I'll say believe in something higher than yourself. I mm-hmm. believe in God. He's, a, he's ahead of my life. Um, second, get, build that why so big that no matter what comes against you, that your, your, your why will always overcome it. And then um, for me, you know, moving into commercial, we're now a, a, a pioneer in the Bayswater Road Corridor, which is another marginalized community. And Never be afraid to be first. Now, Steve already talked about leaping off, leaping, taking that leap because mm-hmm. they're going wings, and you're going to get a lot of bumps and bruises. I've got a lot of bumps and bruises, but I've learned so much. I had a dream about going in the deep when I got into commercial, and the funny thing about it is before I'd done well in developing residential housing. Uh, we've done over 100, over 200-plus renovations, but I had never been on a commercial site I had never seen a commercial blueprint, never went for financing for uh, a commercial building. And here it is, God has now given me two buildings at the same time to develop. And everyone says you can't do it. Then we say, and this in the marginalized community is not gonna work. And we made it happen. We made history. 
we've mm-hmm. totally revitalized and rebuilt the perception again of what community means. So to someone sitting at home, I never take no for an answer. And you can't define who I'm going to become because you don't own the box because I'm not inside of a box. Mm-hmm. So, um, and your biggest, t- t- and this is me talking to that person at home right now that is sitting and saying, I can't do it. Your biggest um, hindrance or biggest demotivator is the person that you will face in the mirror in the morning. If you tell that person you can't do something, trust me, they'll believe it. But if you tell them that you're that they're great and that today is a start of the future that you want to become, I promise you, you'll see that future. I love it. That's my every morning right there. <laughs> I wake up. <laughs> That's what we need. That's Look what we need. In the mirror, like, get amped. There's, you know, uh, there's there's something to that. There's something to that. Um, I, I believe that, well, they, they call it like self-fulfilling prophecy where, you know, who you, who you look at the mirror and say that you are is who you are ultimately, you know. And uh, I'm a big Tom Brady fan, even though I'm Car- uh, even though even though I'm Carolina Panthers. Get this, Brady look, get though. this, get this on, get this on camera. Oh, I'm, Carol- I'm Carolina Panthers always and now forever. Now they've won but, a game, but hey, 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 no, my, no, 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 no. I'm Carolina Panthers always and forever. But keep pounding, but right? hey, that's that's my that's my jam. But um, I'm also a huge Tom Brady fan, and um, you'll have to watch this if you hadn't seen it. But there's a new there's a new um, commercial with him and Morgan Freeman. And, you know, Morgan Freeman has that perfect chocolatey voice, you know, um, and it says, this letter is for you. And it goes in, and the, the story behind this, it's actually, it's a true story, whether Under Armour did this for a promotion or whatever, but it's a true story because there's footage of it. But he writes this letter to this uh, high school kid who is a quarterback, and um, the, the letter says, um, he says, I hear you're supposed to be the next Tom Brady. You're not. You're not the next Tom Brady. You're the next you, and and he goes in and he and he says, he says, don't worry about about what they say. He says, when when you get drafted in the fifth round, 199th pick, store it away, you know. And um, and anyway, I thought it was a great commercial, very impactful type yeah, of thing. That's so. very impactful. And that's that's the one thing I, I tell people all the time: never take the no, man. Mm-hmm. No's are great, a great motivators. Sure. Because the yes coming. Right. And I, I've been told no so many times, and. I've proven them all wrong. Yep. So yeah, very good. It's wild. It's wild. Like when you said what you said, I was sitting there like, man, that's exactly how my story started with this business. Because like I told like six or seven people that I was starting a marketing firm six years ago, and they were like, you can't do that. You don't know anything about marketing. I was like, sure, but I can, you know. And then mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, I'm just gonna. I like I probably got like nine people that said like, no, 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 no. no. I didn't get a single like you should do that really. Exactly. <laughs> and then I just did it. Now we have a great team. We've been we've been in business. We have so many customers that trust us with all their high level marketing. It's and I'm gonna tell you, it's just sitting yeah. around when I, when I walked in and met you guys, man. I saw not only passion, but I saw how businesses should operate as far as the energy in the room. You guys brought so much energy and just off off the podcast conversation yeah. mm-hmm. with so much energy and welcoming and I, I thank you for that and if, you get, if they, the people don't know you they should get to know you guys. Yeah, <laughs> we, he's we saying that with that. us being 10 minutes late by the way so <laughs> yeah. he's being very very kind I, I wasn't 10 minutes late uh, <laughs> well I'll leave you with this that is unfortunately a part of being best friends and business co-owners so or fortunate you know. You know. Yeah, yeah yeah well yeah it is fortunate but um, I, we have this joke like uh, and I'll, we'll we'll sign off with this. Well, I'll tell ask the joke. a funny question. Oh, I always I always try to ask funny. This is me stalling right here. By the way, I'll I'll come up with it. So my joke is like this: being being best friends with your business partner is a very very strange thing because um, when we fight we fight and I mean we fight you know and uh, you know before thirty 
oh my god, you suck, you're so stupid, and, and I mean, it's like it's it's a fight, you know. It's not that. And bad. then and then you know, five oh one comes around. It's like, hey man, you want to do dinner? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so funny question. Oh man, I, I stalled as long as I could, and I, I still got nothing. I I, I got to stop doing this because I can never come up with the right funny question. Well, you're you're, you're moving into the you're moving into oh, the, the you said the west side is that right? West um Bay's Front Road, West End. Okay, okay. So what's the, what's the out of box thing you're gonna do there? So the out of box things we're we do we're doing different, man. Is that um, we're now not only building uh, dreams through housing, we're doing building dreams through through commercial. And I have a, a vision that the four corners of baseball and LaSalle, I want to make people look at those four corners as McAdenville, a place that you have to come visit and see. And we did something that was unique. We brought um, charging stations to a marginalized community. And people are like, why would you bring, why why do you need a charging station on Basement Road? The question isn't why you need one, is why don't you have one? Because if we talk about pushing people into the future, mm-hmm. that's the future. Mm-hmm. So the out-of-box thing for me yeah. is, how do I embrace this community and bring things to this community that will push it forward, drive the culture, but create it as a community that's strong because the people who live there, work there, and invest yeah. in and I'm just happy to be a part of it. So when you do stuff like that, I'm just curious, are you doing it on purpose to drive traffic that can invest in the community? No. Or is it more about the future mindset? I do it to try and change the narrative. It has nothing to do with um, investments because I believe that if you create the environment, people will come. Yeah. And you want to make sure that you create environments that can drive the culture and stability. We have to be very intentional about development. Mm-hmm. And I, and that's the one thing, when we, the model EFIX Development Corp, we have three pillars. Um, community engagement, art infusion, and small business development. Those are three things I live by. As long as we can do those three things, we can build um, commercial and residential opportunities that will cause communities to grow. Yeah. And all of his all of his things are so passionate and stuff. I can't even think of something funny. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to like grab something funny. I think we're just gonna sign off with no funny. No funny. You got do you have a funny question? No jokes. Martingley, you got a funny question? Yeah, it, it's it's hard to think Behind about. Behind the scenes, there you go. Yeah, um, yeah. A funny question. Why didn't I charge if, the, if you the could other use, camera? If you that could would use be a funny one, question. If you could use one filter <laughs> on Chris, died. what would you do? If I could use one filter oh. on Chris. Oh, oh. What, what would oh. you use? Oh. Time out, time out, oh. time out. <laughs> you can text it to me if you That's want. That's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I have a, it's like a funny question, but not a funny question. What is the worst investment you ever made? What is the worst investment you've oh. ever made? But that, what's your biggest bruise? Wow. Um, His time on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That oh. content management company that I... Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. The worst investment I ever made, but it was the best investment, was I ended up um, going to... Well, the, I'm going to say it two, two ways. One way is the fact that um, I want to invest in... I, I, Invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. So I, I complained to my mentor about a course that I paid for, and it was only four grand. Mm-hmm. Not like that's not a lot of money. It wasn't a lot of money at the time to me. It was, it was, it was, I didn't have the money, but I didn't, I didn't want to pay it. But when I got there, the knowledge he imparted in me showed me that I had been losing 15000 a year wow. because of how I was dealing with my insurance on my properties. Wow. So that was the best investment I made, but it was the worst investment because I didn't understand the power of the investment at the time. Wow. So I see. And I tell people if you don't invest in yourself, you're already you're you're already setting demise for yourself. So by investing that four thousand dollars a month that four thousand for that event and that learning opportunity, it saved me fifteen thousand a year, but I thought I was doing the wrong thing. I was like, 
There's no way I'm paying this. You weren't grateful for it. You didn't understand it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I understand that. So, so you it learned was hard, it. man. I, yeah. I learned so much, and I tell anybody, invest in yourself. Invest in education without application is, is horrible. But the moment you become educated and you learn how to apply it, you apply it, you become powerful. And that day I became powerful. Yeah. Because if I hadn't paid it, I don't think I'd be here. Wow. It, I, I think we'll sign off with this, and we'll talk about this more off air, but... Um, over you know, sticks. Over sticks. Yes, that sounds great. Um, anyway, <laughs> they got me thinking about steak now. Um, but I think that some of life's best learning lessons are the ones that are most expensive. So um, I think a lot of the, we'll talk about this off air, but I think a lot of the most expensive mistakes that you make oftentimes the best learning lessons. Chris, thank you so much for joining us, man. Um, I can't wait till this podcast posts with mostly your face because I forgot to charge that camera, so that's a whole other situation. But um, it'll be good um, from we'll there. We'll have the but. audio of us in the in the... In the face of you. That's right. Hey, that's right. Face of business love, love, yep. love. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Thanks. <laughs>